We go. All right, we're gonna go live now. It's so difficult to talk like this, isn't it? Have a scarf on my mouth. Hello, everyone. BC here. Hope you're experiencing a wonderful day in this beautiful, warm Southern California. It's kind of quite hot here in California right now. In SoCal, we're in the 90s, low 90s, which is strange. Hello, Williams. Good seeing you indeed. S2K Huey. Publio, good seeing you as well. Eric, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Good seeing you. Hello, FP Motorsports. Um, hi, Gars, Gars Crack Garden. Interesting name. Real Music Guy, hello, how are you? Psychic, good seeing you as well. I can't talk with this, so thanks to AM for giving me this pretty cool thing. Yarr, says 5.0 Felix. <laughs> hello, Jeremy. Okay, Misa, good seeing you. Okay, I got you this all. This is too much now. It's a bit much. I can't, I can't, can't do this. I'll go back to my normal, my normal BC self. Here we go. Yes, now it's like BC again. Hello everyone. Greetings, Amir, how are you? And for those of you listening on the podcast networks, thank you so much. And for you on YouTube, thank you for joining me and allowing me to use this as an archiving moment. Yes, for you guys here on Instagram, I do put this on YouTube later on. And it goes on and it does very well. Uh, let's see, Bass are for soy boys. What is a soy boy? Soy boy. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Hello, Falcon Lover Zach. Good seeing you. Take it off. You're by yourself. Yes, I was just doing that just to see how it is. Thank you. RJ's like this shirt. And I got it from my friends at, uh, um, oh, God, what's her name? Bertina Design? Bertina? Bertina Design? Anyway, I'm trying to get them to make more. Um, hello, Camera Steve. Good seeing you. I'll wave to you, Rye. Good seeing you. Love the camera behind me. Thank you so much. That's the Twin Turbo one that I put up today. It's actually what I refer to as the center seat boxman. Hello, Van Culture, brother. Good seeing you. Ken, I want a cake. minute. Marcel, good afternoon. Good seeing you. So much love. Um, would love to come by and hang out and film for a few hours, says camera Steve L.A. With social distancing, that may be a little challenging, but let's see how things pan out when things calm down. Thank you, Rare Scorpion. Good afternoon. Good seeing you. Mr. Moradi from overseas. Good seeing you indeed. Thank you so much for joining. And yes, I will put this up on Instagram for, wow, I guess this is IGTV, so you guys can see this as well. It will be on YouTube, so if you haven't subscribed on my cool bio, there is the link for you to hit it and follow. So please go on Instagram and follow us indeed. Um, where's the Audi, the Beast? Asked Van Culture, so forgive me on YouTube. Forgive me for those of you listening through podcasting. But I'm going to lift this up and you will see the odyssey right there right there odyssey's right there okay sorry kind of lifted you up there but there's the odyssey right there in front of the s2k i can actually see it pointing to it right there right okay thank you so much jacob love you guys as well should do a custom cayman face-off with road scholars in durham i don't know who they are but if they're building caymans i like them already um, hello, Hafar Larb from Niger. Good seeing you. Thank you for joining me indeed. And I promised you guys some stuff today, right? I promise you I'm going to talk about some really cool stuff. Um, you still have an NAK24 Z7 cams? Yes, I do. Um, does your next level X series require a lot of compression? Um, it requires actually north of 11 and a half or 11 to 1. You'll be okay. But if you're at 10 to 1, 9 to 1, it's not that ideal, you know? Thank you, S2K Boost. Hopefully you're enjoying your car. It's great seeing you. Hello, Mr. Moradi is a mechanic for Benz, BMW, and Porsche. I like that style. 
K24 Turbo, that's a really nice thing. That's why I have my wagon right there. But speaking of turbos, you guys have provided me the perfect segue to what I want to talk about today, which is this. What is this large device in my hand? What is this exactly? This is a Turbonetics Godzilla blower valve, and it has a very important function. Thank you so much, Pagatonis. Good seeing you. Um, sounds good, Tony Tony 002, who forced me to do Mega Squirt. I'll never forgive you, but I love you nonetheless. Hello, Sweet of Love. Hello, Sean Lee. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, Hector. You know. Um, so, yes, Godzilla. This is a Godzilla blower valve, as, as our good friend Falcon Lover, or AKA Zach, is talking about. I have this on the blue Porsche, blue IROC. I have it on the Odyssey minivan. I have it on the, um, the black center seat. I have it on the Wago van, the wagon. Um, I have it on quite a few cars, which is pretty cool. I have it on this, this car right behind me. It's, it's pretty cool. So the purpose of this device is very critical. So imagine when you are boosting your vehicle and you have all this pressure going into your induction via the turbo and it's doing great stuff. Thank you so much from Brazil. Um, it should sound good on your Odyssey DJ date. Building boost and you let off the throttle because that's what you do. You, you go fast, you let off. The air is now trapped between your turbo and your throttle body. It has to go somewhere. So it does one of two things. Forces its way through the throttle body, which is a no-go, right? Or it backs through the turbo, which causes stalling of your blades at best. Worst case, it can break your impeller blades, it can destroy your shaft, it can cause a significant amount of what we know as this weird barking that happens in turbos, like surge. But either way, it's bad news for the turbocharging system. So the blow valve has this port right there that senses vacuum when you close the throttle and it opens this pop-up valve. This valve right here, which is usually sealed, pops open like that. And in this case, with this lovely sound and aperture and shape, it has this choo, choo, very nice sound, right? So this is more than a device that makes cool sounds. It's more than a pretty large device that looks cool in your engine bay. It actually helps keep your turbo system safe which is good, right? South Africa's in the house, courtesy of ABZ, good seeing you. Wow, E30, all the way from Port Harcourt. I love Port Harcourt. That was in River State. I hope it's still called Rivers, or have they changed the name of the state? But Port Harcourt was my go-to-be place to get lots of nice bread, fish, and fly out of the country through the National Airport, you know? Mafia is asking, are you using a five-speed or six-speed transmission in the center seat Porsche, and any issues holding power with it? So I use the five-speeds because guess what? That has a five-speed, the black one has a five-speed, the red has a five-speed. I noticed that in the same configuration, the five-speeds seem to be a little bit more robust. So that's what I'm using in those applications indeed. So thank you so much. Flow Topper from Germany. What's up, sir? Good seeing you. Uzimoto, cool name. I like it indeed. How long did it take to build Electric 935? Right here, which is next to me. Started in March, debuted it in November, and it's a living, breathing organism meaning that we're constantly evolving it and trying and experimenting with it. So it's still getting updates, but from inception or starting to build it to completion, to unveil, was from March last year to November. Do blow valves have spring rates? Yes, they do. Inside this assembly, so you see this valve, this is literally a valve that seals and pops open, right? And what I'm going against, as you feel, see that right there, what I'm going against is actually a spring. And you can change the spring rates in here, which is very important because you have some engines like V8s or like this Porsche behind me that has very, very low vacuum because it has big camshafts. 
to like bone stock Hondas, which pull up to 20 inches of mercury, right? So that's pretty crazy. It's a pretty large vacuum. And not all blood valve springs are set up the same. Now, some companies like Turbo Smart allow you to open up and change the springs inside. In this case, Turbonex helped us out by having this adjustable assembly that you can loosen up and push down increased spring rate. So when you have high vacuum situations, you have the ability to adjust accordingly or lower, up to you. So yes, you can. Blessings from New Jersey, says 360 Rich. Good seeing you indeed. Courtesy of Real Music. Florida's in the house. Hello, Burgermeister. Good seeing you. Still waiting to see a 100 fit project from you. All-wheel drive, maybe. Concept Keenan. Keenan? That's my fault. It's my fault, because we built not one, but two fits for American Honda using the GK body style. I think to today, we're the most powerful fit that's ever been built. It made 400 horsepower to the wheels. Um, using the new GK body. We did a mild one, which is a track monster with just modifications to suspension, induction, exhaust, and wheels, and interior. And then we did a full, all-out caged, gutted, blue one, normal BC fashion. So forgive me, I did both. Is that an S2000 in the background? Yes, it is. It's a supercharged S2K, which Daron and I have been working on, and Marvin as well, to improve on significantly. Um, it has a supercharged system with liquid-to-air intercooling, which is pretty nice. HH Legacy joining us from Texas. Thank you so much for joining, sir. Activate VTEC. Um, should I activate that on the Porsche? On the Porsche? On the... Well, actually, Porsche does have its own VTEC assembly, known as Viracam. So it's pretty clever as well. Um, a little involved, but can be controlled using pulse width with an engine management solution also a factory ECU. You're the only one who can make EVs interesting. Thank you, Burgermeister. I appreciate that. That actually means a lot because. A lot of people have these EV conversions as tree-hugging opportunities to save the planet, and I just want to go fast. So that being said, that'd be good. Um, when will you video a, a Mexico trip in the 935? I need to do that soon. I've been showing some Mexico driving, but I need to do more. Canada's in the house, courtesy of Adam. Have you ever heard of a Chevy Opala? No, I'm not familiar with that. I wonder what GM application is similar to that here in the US. Have you ever played with low rotaries? Not in house. Um, as in our own personal builds, but I've tuned a few here at a facility. Are you developing inverters in-house? No, that's not a good use of our resources, so no. We will use commercially available inverters moving forward unless something interesting happens. What is your car that's very fast? I would say of all the cars, I'll say is this right here. Forgive me, YouTube guys. You can see a little bit of it. That right there. That is a pretty fast one. Actually, the acceleration is absolutely spectacular. Here we got... We're getting close to sub two seconds, zero to 60, which I can't wait to eclipse that, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see here. What platforms do you suggest for racing while in college? Ooh, it depends on the type of racing you're doing. Are you doing drag racing, road racing, autocrossing, drifting? Is, that considered, is drifting considered racing? Okay, drifting. <laughs> Let me know and I can point you in the right direction. The Honda World misses you. They should not miss me, the properties, because I never left. There's a Honda right behind me. And Duran's working on a Honda. And there's a Honda outside. And a Honda CRX here. And a CRZ there. And a EF, EE there. And a Odyssey. I haven't left. Maybe you weren't paying attention. <laughs> hey, you got new shelves, says Kevin. Of course, Kevin, you haven't been here so long. So much is happening. So before I had all these pallets of oil and tires right there sitting on the floor. And that was a horrible use of real estate. And Duran gives me a hard time with that a lot, so I had to make better use of our real estate. And what did it do? Made me put more cars in here. 
Bad idea. Okay. Thank you so much, Hector Zapata. So the cars are very beautiful. Appreciate that. Love the S2K in the back. That thing is actually one of the cleanest S2Ks I've seen. That thing is very elegant. Sleeper. If you see this thing in Mexico, leave it alone. You know? Would you try to build a 914? Yes. I actually have one right in our showroom, a yellow one. I have a 76 for 2.0. So by all means, you know? What would you suggest for road racing? An S2000. Honestly, those are pretty good road race cars. And if your budget allows you, probably a Cayman. That's a good entry-level vehicle to have some fun with, you know? Yeah, I'll see you soon. I look forward to seeing you soon, Kevin. Indeed, you know? Burgermeister said, one day you'll definitely get a Porsche when I get coming straight. Sharp. Sounds good. Burgermeister, I look forward to exceeding your expectations. Thank you so much. I have a great team here, and we do really cool stuff here at Pissimono. Hola, Versatile17. Good seeing you. Hopefully all is well. Any shop that you recommend in L.A.? I want to pimp my Odyssey. Um, there's one right here. <laughs> Are you going to get a 944? I don't have that as my plan yet. So I just think now, no. What do you think of the Lotus Evora? The current Evora is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, a lot of competition in this segment where that vehicle exists, but I had the opportunity to experience it with Matt Farah at um, Buttonwillow, I would say mid last year, and it was pretty cool, you know? What price point would the EV be at when it's ready for sale? Well, E30, if you're talking about the 935, I would not be selling this unless someone offers something that is absolutely, how should I say, um, hard to resist. But if someone wanted us to build something like this, it depends on what options they have. There's so many different options in terms of range, um, in terms of performance. Not everyone wants 636 horsepower. As a matter of fact, most people feel that it's too much power. Um, and these are actually serious clients. The guys who have no interest in buying this say, oh, it's awesome, yeah, you more power. But the guys who are really serious about doing EV conversions say, you know, I like it, it's cool, but that's a little bit too much power. So the lower power commands a lower price. Um, more range adds to that, options, cruiser comforts, it depends. So if you're interested in having something done, DM me here and I can put something together for you, you know? What would you do if you had a chance to tune a 917K? A 917, that's old school. Man, I have to think about that. I'll put it this way. It would be, because I want to retain the petrol capabilities of that chassis, it'll probably be a hybrid setup, which would give me the best of both worlds, the sound and, and how should I say, old school capability of a 917, but the modernized version of it, which would be too, uh, too good, you know? Tom Polly says, no such thing as too much power. I hear you. You know what's weird? Tom, I haven't seen in a while, but if you drive this thing, there is, because I have my own um, BC mode in it, or ludicrous mode in it, and I almost crashed. It's, it was a bit much. It had no control. It was just, the tires just went crazy, you know? Oh, come on, Paul. Don't, Tom, don't get uh, Kevin, you know, don't get him all wild up. He, get, he will get crazy. He's, he's pretty... Pretty bananas. <laughs> Kevin is a bad influence. Kevin, you would say something like that. Hello, Namaste Dre. Good seeing you indeed. What's the first mod you should do to a car? Intake. That's an easy one. Um, if you can do an intake, a proper oil change, which can add as a performance part as well. So by all means, you know. On a B18, what sort of modifications could you do to maximize power while keeping the engine smog legal? Well. It depends. You have two options. On the natural aspirated route, is a standard intake header exhaust. Um, there are some headers that are for the B18 that are legal and carb legal, and DC makes them. There are exhaust systems that are kept back that allow for that as well. There are intakes by AEM that are ideal as well. 
And then you can also, of course, upgrade to some pure oil to give you a little bit more power and reliability as well. Now, there are also turbo kits that exist that allow you to do something similar where it passes all emissions and can give you a nice bump in power. So those are two things you can do to help, uh, to help indeed, you know? Sounds good, Tom. I, I appreciate that. DJ Ramarov. Oh, I think I owe you a call, don't I? Oh, yes, you're very good. Um, those words don't belong to same. <laughs> what go you into Porsche, says Seva. I assume what got me into Porsches? Well, Tom Polly knows who it is. It's actually Benny. Benny Pequa is a customer who raced with Tom and his other peers, and I think Marcel's still here as well, and Marcel knows him as well. Um, those guys participate in this racing series known as Honda Challenge, and they've come here to tune, and Benny was very impressed with my tuning prowess and some of the things that we do to make cool, reliable power out of these engines. And he said, BC, you know what? I have a Porsche. The market needs someone like you. There are a lot of older tuners who really don't do much of anything to Porsches. So I feel that if you enter this market, you do fairly well, and they need you know, some fresh blood. And I said, okay. So I built the blue Iraq Porsche as my first Porsche. Um, almost killed me as well with that, and I kind of played around with that and got my first foray into it and used a lot of my Honda mindset into building that car and it ended up doing extremely well with an application that most people said you couldn't make power with. So that being said, that started and then it just kept improving from then on. So it's pretty good, you know? Which is a better turbo for a built K24, B20, or B16? That is a wide question as well. F Peralt A6. It once again, and, I, and, and maybe I should do a good job explaining this better, but turbo sizing has a lot to do with what you are going to do with the car. And also what type of application you have. K24, B16, B18, B20, all those are engines that can be optimized based on displacement and use. And it depends on which type of turbo you're going to run based upon manifold placement and design. And it's so many variables. So question is, what are you going to do with the car? Are you drag racing it? Because if you're drag racing it, you don't care about bottom end. It's all about top end power, and you have to build a certain way. Are you going to road race this thing? Now, if you're going to road race the car, mid-range, power is extremely important, and to some extent, bottom end. Are you going to autocross in a tight circuit? It depends, you know, what you're going to do with the car. So give me some more information. Will allow me to point you in the right direction. Kevin says, K out of the way. By the way, those of you who don't know ITB Kevin, he's a diehard B-series guy, so I don't know why. He loves some B, B20 VTECs. He just loves that stuff, you know? Oh my God. Any thoughts on German three cylinder engine? I'm not familiar with that power plant, so you must forgive me. Have you had any experience with carbon fiber wheels? Asked Brad Nasus Racing. Let's find out. Pardon me for a moment, guys. I'm going to answer Brad Nasus' question real quick. So, Brad Nasus, you asked me a question. Do I have experience? Look at this. This is a pure, lightweight, carbon fiber wheel. And not a carbon fiber inlay, or a carbon fiber covered center drum, or a, an aluminum wheel wrapped in carbon fiber. That is a pure carbon fiber wheel made by Carbon Revolution, all the way in Australia. And these guys, they are the factory OEM supplier for Ford with the Ford GT. And they do a little bit with our friends from Ferrari as well. So the answer is yes, I do. And this came off the Cayman that we're working on now. We also have it on the red center seat. And a box center, you know, in the boxman as well. And it's a pretty awesome set of wheels. As a matter of fact, me switching over from a standard aluminum wheel to this, 
not only gave me better rigidity and strength, it also allowed me to have performance on the track that was equivalent to me adding another 40 horsepower to the car. So it's pretty good, you know? Can a magnesium wheel be lighter um, if you thin it out, but could it be a strong? No. So I would say the best of both worlds where you can have the strength and uber lightweight would be carbon fiber. That would be the way to go. Stay blessed. Glad to see you're healthy, says Aunt Hole. Thank you so much, sir, and I hope the best for you as well. Stay safe, please, indeed. What's the best, what's the easiest way to make power on an RSX? Sell it and buy a Nissan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, no. Um, supercharging. Super easy. And why did I say turbocharging? Because RSX has a very tight engine bay. So where the exhaust manifold was set is really tight. So you have to do this kind of crazy sidewinder to put a turbo on. But if you did a standard supercharger setup, boom, you use a factory header, boom, you can use a factory exhaust manifold, boom. You don't have to worry about heat management. That's something else I want to talk about. Intercooled, and you can make close to 400 wheel on the K. Right? Hoi, JDM Coffee, good seeing you. I must have missed something very nice, you know? Will you be drivers anytime soon? With the tracks being closed? Didn't we talk about this, drive, Brandon? No. Not yet. But I do want to take this EV out to have some fun with. So once the truck's open, I want to be able to do that. I have a visitor coming to see me. I wonder who it is. Have a visitor says Teddy Boto. Hmm. Well, we'll see who comes to see me. Okay. Trying to encourage my boy to do an EV Civic EG build. That's really cool. If he's down to do it, that would be amazing. With, I mean, talk about if you want to build a really crazy sleeper EG, really clean, the only giveaway will be like some fat meat in the front, some nice tires. That would be, I'm telling you, he would rape people. I mean, and it'll be legal. He doesn't have to worry about emissions or anything of that nature. How cool is that? Uh, okay. Let's see here. Binge watching says Gile WHC. Gilles, 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 or Gilles, WHC. Uh oh. What is going on? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> That's the visitor. Guys, I'm telling you, you never know what you're going to see. Um, <laughs> so, right behind me is, uh, is the girl mascot. I think that's um, Drippington, I believe his name is. <laughs> oh my God, what's up, Heather? Says, uh, have you worked on supercars since they are very tuner friendly and have a large following? 5.0 Felix, one of the reasons why, and I talk about this quite a bit, one of the reasons why I have the opportunity to explore certain brands and marquees is because the manufacturer supports us, meaning we work directly with Ford, or we work directly with Honda, or we work directly with Hyundai. In this case, we do not have a relationship with Subaru. So the closest thing we've done is sell components or help with some fabrication on Subaru cars, but I've not had the opportunity to explore a Subaru vehicle in-house and put the Beast Motor magic to it. Now, if you have a relationship with Subaru, go over there, let them know, hey, Beast Motor will be down to build something, and I am so down to make something happen, you know? Your S2000, what engine? F20C or K20, K20 supercharger? Well, that one has and he's here on Instagram. Um, that one has a K20C on it. My dad said he knows you. His name is Martin. You drove his 94 Civic hatchback making 650. He's friends with Adrian. Well, I know quite a few individuals, so it's possible. Tell him I said hi, you know, by all means, you know. 
Um, yo, AJ, good seeing you, sir. Good talking to you last night. Hopefully you've had some success with your shopping endeavor, even though it's only a little bit past noon, but hope all is well, nonetheless. Um, how can I text and be in there? I don't know. What's, they must be having a whole conversation, Hedy and Kevin and something like that. Do you consider S2000 already a modern classic? What's the busy magic on the one in the background? Um, I do consider it to be, yes, I do. It, it, is, it is right there between being a pure classic and a modern classic. And with this right here, um, it's here to update the standard silicone clamps to HD clamps from Vibrant, so there's some fabrication there. His liquid-to-air intercooler system wasn't quite working, so we were able to update that and get it to working condition. And then there's a pulley upgrade, because he had a pulley that was a decent size, but then it had adhesion challenges with the belt. That's one of the challenges with supercharging systems that are not cog belts. Um, you can have some slip and affects performance. So on the dyno, it was slipping a little bit, wouldn't make past north 400. And then with a little belt dressing where it got a little stickier, it made 420, just like that. So that being said, he now has a slightly smaller pulley to give more boost with an adhesion compound on the pulley, so it should be good. There's a lot, small lag on the video. Guys, let me know if you see any lag as well, forgive me. Let me know if there's lagging on the video because that'd be quite unfortunate, I have to go out and come back in. Adrian from Norway, good seeing you. You're a ways away. Hope you guys are safe out there in Europe. Um, hello, Grizz G. Good afternoon. Good seeing you indeed, and thank you for joining. In the box me this info. Yeah, what? <laughs> Inbox me the shop info in LA. DJ date. I don't have to because it's Beast Moto. We're here. We're here for you. On the turbocharged application, is keeping underhood temps and pull. I, think, I guess you mean underhood, not underwood. Yes, it is. Heat is the enemy of performance no matter what. And very interesting things can happen. Whenever you have an intercooler system, you're pretty much taking a delta of what comes in and exposing it to ambient air and getting that delta decrease into your engine. So most turbos here, even though what he's working on, has a turbo just chilling under hood in front of a radiator, which is really kind of strange. But nonetheless, if you have an opportunity to reduce that delta, um, inlet. If you have an opportunity to reduce the amount of the high temperatures going into your turbo and then decreasing that temperature by intercooler, either liquid to air or air to air, you will have a denser mixture in your intake, widened tuner window, safer setup, and ultimately what we love, right? More power. So that's very important, very, very, very cool. Something you can do definitely, yeah? In the end, what's the better engine, K24 or K20? So I like the torque of the larger K24. I just do. So since torque is twisting power, and that twisting power allows the opportunity to accelerate, and the name of the game for me is acceleration, I prefer K24s. Now, there are certain K24s that may come in the Element or may also come in the CRV that don't have the best flowing heads or don't have the best assemblies for power based upon VTEC, but having a full TSX K24 or merging a K20A head from the earlier SIs are pretty awesome, right? And combine that with a K24 bottom end, it's pretty, pretty freaking good, you know? Or even the 2.0 in the RSX. Do you have any advice for running a stock 1JZ VVTI ECU with a slightly larger turbo? I've seen Adam only Z society do it running under 16 pounds of boost. Um, well, I am not an advocate of tuning with a factory ECU. I, even with 1Js or 2Js, with both VVTi and non, and there's a lot of power VVTi, I prefer using a standalone like an AEM Infinity. So that being said, by all means, yes. Have you only worked on any Lexus? Once again, the 
exposure that we have with Lexus, you see so many Lexus cars coming here is with the newer brands where we give our impressions of the vehicles that they're bringing out to the market. In terms of building cars for the manufacturer, we have not, but we've helped a lot of customers. We've had customers come here with even SC300s with two JZs in them and we've tuned them. We've had customers who wanted to upgrade their setups and wanted to add, let's say, a simple exhaust and have that fabricated, we've done that as well. And we have a lot of customers who actually from us buy some oil as well for their applications. So yes, it can happen, you know? How crucial does a cash can take place in a top application? It's quite crucial to S2 Boost, who we saw recently, because something very interesting happens. With most factory PVC valves, and these are cars that typically are naturally aspirated, so they have limited PVCs. The PVC setups or the little ports on the valve cover are there to create a vacuum situation so the pistons in the block can work against a vacuum and create more power. So when you pull that vacuum, it's very nice for the NA setup. When you go boosted, you do tend to get some blow-by, and that blow-by now goes into the crankcase, overwhelms the PVC, and creates one of two things. An opportunity where it's not very advantageous for the engine, or it starts pushing your dipstick out just from blow-by. So what do you, most people do? They create a catch-can opportunity where they have either advantages using the factory ports or closing the factory ports off and going with a larger AN setups. Like, you know, you know Fabian, what he did in his car. And what that does, it now allows the breathability in the crankcase to occur, where the gases that go in the crankcase that are typically, uh, as a result of blow-by, from pushing air into the pistons, or past the piston rings, now have an opportunity to evacuate and not push up your dipstick. You know what happens when you push up the, 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 the dipstick? Well, oil starts splashing around your engine base. Not very, it's not very, very nice, you know? What happened to the Mercedes-Benz 190E project car? Robert Bond official, I appreciate that. And what am I appreciating? That you feel that I could be a magician. <laughs> I have so many cars to build so little time. The Mercedes is right there in the corner, and I'll see if I can show that to you. Um, I'm gonna try and raise you up here. So bear with me. So right there in the corner, over there, next to the black car, is the 190. And it's in the corner because as much as I love to build this and have fun for myself, customers first. I have to take care of my customers first and they have priority. So that being said, that's gonna be sitting there probably throughout 2020. But I will get to it and let you guys know when I stop playing around with it, I promise, you know? Um, hello, James Mata, good seeing you. International Scout you have, says HyperJX, so making 500 horsepower, that sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of fun indeed. Um, let's see. What airbags are you talking about? Um, Kevin, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> a standalone ECU still controls the airbags or those have independent control systems? I must be missing some of these questions here. So standalone ECU still controls the airbags or those have independent control? Wow, that's interesting. I have to go back and into what Peter was talking about. Hello, Olawale Vibe. Good seeing you. Good seeing you indeed. What is your favorite car that you own that you love to work on the most? Well, once I build these cars, I really work on them. But the one right now that I really love working on and, and finding ways to refine and improve is actually the 935 EV car. So the new electric car we have, that's probably the favorite car I have to like explore and then maybe fracture some drivetrain components and find ways to improve on it and find ways to improve the controller and then have the BMS or battery manage management system touch the controller and do some really clever things. Like for example, the most recent application that we did is using a BMS to limit regen. So by allowing the BMS to put out regen limits, it has my controller talk to it via CAN. So when my vehicle is fully charged and the batteries are all the way topped off, 
you don't want to keep charging them or you can damage the cells. So the BMS will tell my controller to limit or decrease regen when I lock the throttle. Therefore, at high charge rates, I have no regen. If my batteries are really charged, regen is almost nil. And as my, vo as my voltage goes low or my state of charge goes lower, regen comes on stronger and stronger and tries to top off the batteries again. So there's like little stuff like that. That's pretty exciting, you know? Leave it Gus, where can I get the shirt? You know, I'm gonna make this available. Um, Benziga Designs is who helped with this and um, I can just send me a DM here and I'll see if I can get some to you, no problem. Just let me know what size and I'll make something happen. DZ says, nice S2K. Yeah, it's really clean. This thing is so clean. It's just red with some nice chunky tires, some very clean wheels and a very nice ducktail. Very, very nice one there indeed, you know? Hello, Mission Flyer. Good afternoon. Good seeing you indeed. Thank you so much for joining. I have to this. We have a pond here. We're just stagnant and it brings all kind of weird, weird insects here, which is pretty strange, you know? Hey, it's Duran, says Kevin. Kevin says hi. He says hi, Kevin. You need it. Sounds good, Libicus. Just write to me and I'll, I'll make it happen for you. Hello, Mission Flyer. Good afternoon. Thank you so much, Planex. Matching my camo trousers I'm wearing today. So I have camo trousers and camo hat and all that stuff. Um, I'm the one who asked you about the turbo for the B20. Okay, I remember that. I'm going to use it as a daily in a 99DB6 Integra. Nice. So, I would, for a DB6, which is awesome, by the way, great platform, I would K24. As a matter of fact, if you're crazy like me, I would K24 Z7, because the manifold can be super short. And for daily driving, mid-range is very important, right? You don't want something that's just useless to drive you forward and goes crazy. So, you can do, on a stock Z7, you can do 400 to 420 to the wheels, bone stock Z7 with a good tune, on pump gas. So that being said, that's why I recommend K24 Z7 with a manifold from PRL, with a Turbinex Turbo I can help you with, um, tuned with a proper engine management solution, and that application would be just bananas. Great daily driver. Hello, James Africa, good seeing you indeed. Thanks for joining me. Um, SBS airbag for safety on the steering wheel and passenger are those controlled by the ECU. It has its own ECU system. So most manufacturers tend to have their own supplemental restraint ECM, uh, engine control or control module, I'd say. Um, the factory ECU does not have much control to that. I want one too, says DJ. I will make it happen, DJ, by all means. <laughs> Do you ever think you race the Porsche competitively? Um, it depends which one. Do you mean the center seat? or the EV one, let me know which one. But the key thing is that I'm really a builder and I go to tracks nowadays to test my wares. Typically, I would build a car for a racer, let's say like you, Mission Flyer. So if you love competitive racing, you'd come to someone like me to have me build the engine and car for you. Thank you so much, Jeff R, appreciate that. BC, my boxer's having problems with the secondary air injector. Should I stop driving until I get it fixed? That would be, not be a bad idea. What code are you getting? Let me know, because it could be one of two things. It could be the air injection is stuck, or the module is just done. And I'm curious to what your boxer. Are you a 986, 987, 981? Let me know. Because um, it could be a variety of things. It could be something as simple as wiring, could be something involved as the valve sticking, or the solenoid is just done. Or sometimes, you know, those actuators can also have some control based upon the vacuum lines and one may have come off. Let me know what code you have. And if you're local, maybe we can help. But by all means, you want to fix that as quickly as possible. Don't just cruise around, <laughs> okay? It'll put you in limp mode and that's not very good. It's not a lot of fun, you know? I can sit here and hear you talk about cars all day. Thank you, Jasser2S. Unfortunately, I can't do it all day, but I appreciate it nonetheless. I appreciate you indeed. What is better, turbo or supercharger? Mr. Polo, that is the question of the century. 
They both have their merits. They both have their pros, definitely. They both have their cons. So let's talk about some pros and cons of supercharger versus turbocharger. Now, let's use that S2000 behind me as a great example. So you have an S2000 with an FR layout, front engine, rear wheel drive. There's a purple one right there, white one outside, and this red one. Red one is supercharged. That one's turbocharged. The one outside is turbocharged. Now, the supercharger guy has a lot of advantages. He has this opportunity where he has a setup that feels like a big natural aspirated setup. It does not feel boosted at all. It just feels like a crazy big car. And why does it not feel really boosted? Because the supercharger is directly cogged to the crankshaft. So it has absolutely virtually no lag. So right from the go, it has boost. It feels amazing. Absolutely fantastic, right? And guess what? Because it's supercharged, the crankcase or the crankshaft is turning the impeller wheel through a series of belts and all that fun stuff and pushes air into the engine. There's no need to bring exhaust heat up to the intake area. There's, you can use this factory exhaust manifold, which he does, or a header. It's very, very straightforward, very simple. Heat management is not a challenge whatsoever. Now, those are some of the advantages. Now, on the turbocharger advantage, what exists there? Well, you have the capability of turning up the boost and getting all different types of power levels. While the supercharger is in natural state, there are little clever ways of things you can do, but in this natural state, the supercharger is directly cogged. So if you're getting a 16 PSI setup, it is a linear zero to 16 PSI throughout your boost range. So you have that power error in the curve there. So it feels like a natural aspirated car. The turbocharger car, if you want to do 16 PSI, based upon the sizing and the setup, you can have 16 PSI as soon as 3,500 RPMs or as soon as 4,000 RPMs, all the way to the 8,000, 9,000 RPM range. So what happens there on your power curve? You have this huge air in the curve that will trump a supercharger setup because you just have this wide torque curve. Now, some of the challenges, however, on a supercharger is that being one, you don't have that capability, but also with superchargers, it takes energy to make energy. What I mean by that? It takes power to turn the supercharger wheel. Some superchargers consume as much as 80 wheel horsepower to turn it. Yes, as much as 80 wheels. So a 400 setup could be 480 horsepower, but 80 is being consumed by turning that and impeller wheel that pushes air in the engine. While turbocharging, you tend to use what? Exhaust gases through heat or flow or to some extent radiation to turn a turbine, which is cogged to the induction wheel or the compressor wheel and then that pushes there so you're almost taking wasted energy to take advantage of it now the challenge though the challenge however with turbocharging especially s2000 is heat management you now have all this heat near the ac lines and near the battery and you have to kind of manage that heat and then limitations and then you have all this complexity in terms of piping and so on and so forth so it can be a challenge as a matter of fact worst case best case scenario you can melt some things and cause a challenge worst case scenario yeah, S2000 can catch on fire, and it has happened. If people don't relocate their battery to the trunk and then move their AC lines around and the coolant lines and sometimes do clever things with a VTEC solenoid and so on and so forth. So they both have the pros and cons. So net-net, a lot of street guys love supercharged applications or people who are doing a lot of road racing because it's just immediate, it's like, like that. But with turbocharging and the flexibility of being able to have different power levels for each gear, the fact that you can have this wide torque curve, the fact that you can have a lot of fun and up the boost and get more power in a modular fashion, it's a big, big win. So I know I talked a lot about this, but I'm trying to get as much information to you as possible. 
Southern Germination, good seeing you. You are welcome here anytime, sir. Let me know, we'll make it happen. Thank you so much, Mission Flyer. Oh, you live in Ontario. I hope Ontario, California, or Canada. We can possibly help you with that. A 2002? Nice. I like 2002s. I think I have a 2001 here. No, I have a 2004 there as well. Anyway, I love boxers. So yeah, we can probably help you out. You have to bring it by so we can take a look, you know? Kevin says, if you have an Ace2K, just Ella swap it. Kevin's all about Ella swapping the world. He's all about that. Daron just laughed at you, Kevin. See, he's laughing over there. Dual full pumps or one bigger pump for turbo applications? Powered by Hondas, that's an excellent question. Man, if I had a prize, I would give it to you right now. That's a great question. My rule of thumb, my thought process, my experience has been one large pump. Whether it is on this beautiful 935 right here in front of me, or that one right there that has a single pump, even on my 1,000 horsepower Odyssey, I have a single pump. Now, most people say, oh, dual pump hanger, three pump hangers. You know the challenge with that? When one pump goes out, you don't know until it's too late. So if you have a three pump system and one of your pumps just takes flight uh, in terms of stop working, you won't find out until you're in open loop and full boost and expire engine. Now, if you had infinity, it would be less of a chance. You can have warnings to let you know what's going on. But yeah, you can expire an engine very quickly. And the cost is not there. So I use on my applications a single nice, and you guys have heard a lot of my cars, the pump's not that loud, but I use a MagnaFuel pump, MagnaFuel 750. And it, I've made four figures on E85 with a MagnaFuel 750 pump. And it's awesome. And pump is like 450 bucks, it's cost effective. So think about a triple pump. If you get a, if you find pumps for, let's say some of the cool AM pumps um, or Walbro pumps for like 150, $10, $120, what the case may be. By the time you get three pumps and get the hanger system and all that stuff, geez, you're spending as much as a nice magnifier pump, right? If your power capability allows you to make not as crazy power, you can get away with what I have in this, a single AM pump. Is there a larger um, 340 LPH on some of the NSXs and S2000s over here? And we have the even larger black inline pump that looks like a it kind of looks like a Bosch 044, but much better. That's what I have on this Porsche, and it's a direct replacement. That's what I have on the center seat right there. But if you're trying to make big, big power north of 500 wheel, go with Magnet Fuel. Those are pretty good. I hope that helps. Oh, I'm missing some good questions here. Okay, let's see. Why did you go with a K24Z head and not a K24A head, says Darren Darren. Great question, because efficiency. You know what? In the newer K-series, Honda's done a great job at giving us this blessing. This blessing that many of our peers and many of my family members see as a curse. And what is that blessing that was bestowed upon us? The fact that with newer catalyst requirements, with newer emission requirements, you have to light off the catalyst very nicely, get it really hot, so you can do a good job in creating, or not creating, damaging SOXs or oxides of sulfur or oxides of nitrogen, NOXs. So what do they do? They have this integrated port we can just bam both the exhaust manifold or, or, or catalyst right at the head and get it nice and hot to give us cleaner air. Now, what does it do for guys like us who love boost? Godsend. It's like the most perfect log manifold we can ever imagine. And allows us to spool big turbos very quickly. Yes, I can spool a 72 millimeter turbo as quickly as I would spool a TD34 with a tubular manifold. So I use the K24Z7 as a way to efficiently turbocharge a car, taking advantage of what Honda gave us. Bear in mind the Z7 head compared to K24A head, the Z7 has bigger intake ports, bigger valves on intake, and flows better. Yes, it may have VTEC on the intake alone, but that's not a detriment. Literally, you can make 400 wheel 
on a stock K247, and we've seen north of 700 easily eyes closed with a Z7 when you build it. So that being said, that's the reason why. An efficient setup, very compact, no need to have a long tubular manifold sidewinder that introduces heat in the engine bay that can fracture and the lengths are not equal and it's just a big mess and it's just nice and clean. So if you haven't seen it, go look up some pictures of Bissamoto wagon and you'll see how clean the setup can be with a Z7 setup. In an EF or EE that has no space at all, you know? Mayo Latson, I hear you. He's saying, why would anyone want multiple pumps? Some people do it. A lot of people do it actually, you know? Um, would you like to take on my sleeper TSX wagon all-wheel drive auto build? Sure, Darren, Darren, I'd love to. Just, you have to wait a little bit. DM me your timelines and budget and we'll see what we can do to help you out. So, hey BC, Son of Pain says, what's the difference between KPA, kilopascal, right? PSI and bar for measuring boost. What's the most accurate way to measure a boost consistently? Well, guess what? Son of Pain, great question. They are all accurate. They're just different units, right? Kilopascal, a lot of engineers like kilopascal because it's a very nice, simple unit. Using a hundred as a very nice number to understand what's going on. So I'm trying my best to think of ways to make it very simple so I don't lose guys here because I'm trying to break down science to be easy for everyone to understand. So let's talk about a hundred being a unit that they use. So at atmospheric pressure, well, right now we're sitting, which by the way is 14.7 pounds per square inch, or PSI, is what we're, that's where our lungs ingest, that's the pressure that's against our skin. We are at atmospheric pressure, okay? This atmospheric pressure is known as 100 kilopascals. So when you're at atmosphere, it's 100, which is the same as one bar, which is the same as one atmosphere, but 100 kilopascal, which is 14.7 PSI. So they're all accurate, all different numbers. When I'm at two bar or two atmosphere, <laughs> now, and I'm talking about, these are not gauge numbers, but absolute numbers. When I'm at two bar or two atmosphere, I'm now at 14.7 pounds of boost or pounds per square inch of boost. Also 200 kilopascals. So you know that 100? I'll multiply your atmosphere now. And now it is 100 plus, which is 200 PSI. Guess what three bar is? <laughs> 300 PSI or three atmosphere, and so on and so forth, which goes as far as 30 or so, or 29.7, 30 PSI. So that being said, you can, it depends on what you're comfortable with. Um, for most cars that come here, the other tuners bring in and so on and so forth, it's at PSI. When I do a lot of engineering stuff, it's with kilopascal. And what I see a lot of companies from Japan, and even to some extent, a lot of Porsches, like this one behind me, has things in atmospheres or bars, which is just an interchangeable unit of expression. So I hope that helps. And I hope I didn't lose you guys by sharing that. I'm just trying to be as simple as possible. Tell Fabian to go to work, says Ke Fabian, Kevin says go to work. Kevin, ITP Kevin, he says go to work. He says he's, he's at work. He's supervising. So like Caltrans, for those of you who are not California people. Yeah, he's like Caltrans. Caltrans is like, um, it's like uh, the workers of our network for roads here. And what you typically see is one guy working and four people standing around him watching, which is pretty interesting, you know? DAM is correct. Different forms of measuring the same thing. Yes, it is, and it just depends what units you're comfortable with. But I see in a lot of automotive applications, people do use, I mean, from what I see from the OEMs, there's a lot of use of kilopascals there, um, and so on and so forth. Good evening, BC says, I didn't good 91. Good seeing you as well. DJM, how old are you? I'm very old. 
I am 38 years old. Add 10 to that. I'm 48, almost 50. Sam Driffriend. Hello, good seeing you as well. Thank you so much. Greetings from Texas, says S14 Vic, good seeing you. It's fun to drive, but it's different, says ITB Kevin. Yes, it is. Is there an electric force air induction solution? Yes, there is. So Peter Pattis, hello, Saeed. Um, there is a, a company that's based in Europe that has really perfected one, but they're not a huge company, so I don't think people, a lot of people are taking them quite seriously, but their words are pretty good. Um, you know my partners from Dynapack, because I use a Dynapack, Dynamo meets are here. My partners from Dynapack, they, especially Dynapack USA, so you can hit up Scott here in NorCal. He actually partnered with a company that has done a very good job in creating an electric supercharger or electric turbocharger. And it has a low demand system that can pressurize an intake. Now, I've asked them to send some to me so I can experiment with it, but they haven't yet. And I understand smaller company, but it does exist. And also, Audi has been playing around with that for quite a while, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do some really cool things, you know? Texas Holyfield said, what's your opinion on performance cars and use of fuel additives like seafoam? Texas Holyfield, um, I know, I think some people use seafoam to clean inside of engines, but putting it in a fuel tank, I don't, I've not played with their additives at all. But you know, here's one thing. My experience with additives is that I tend to frown on them. Most additives contain manganese. And even though it's a good anti-knock agent, it does tend to coat your spark plugs with this copper-looking color that tends to induce a lot of misfire. So I tend not to use them. If I have a uh, situation where I need some anti-knock properties in my fuel, I would either go to a proper race fuel or nowadays, because we're so fortunate to have this as a fuel that's commercially available, E85. It's very, 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 I mean, I have E85 in this Hot Wheels car. I'm trying to convince this customer to have me put E85 on this, on this beautiful um, uh, slant nose, air-cooled setup, because air-cooled cars love E85. The Odyssey is on flex fuel E85. I'm converting the IROC Porsche to E85. It's a very good fuel, which has a very wide tuning window. And does a great job in putting knock at bay allows us to make more power with more timing and more boost, which is great, you know? Um, are you still building for 1,000 horsepower on the EF? And if so, what mod would you be doing to get there, or is it all boost and programming from here? Yes, it's a matter of me just putting on the dyno and cranking up the boost. Um, I have the fuel system to do it. It's just I don't have the time. I'm so behind. Even me talking to you guys, I love it. This is my little vacation talking to you guys, but I'm completely swamped. It's not even priority for me now, but it's a matter of me just putting back on the dyno, Disconnecting the drive shaft and just going to town. That's about it. Can I expect Beast Motor to have a branch operating UAE? You never know, sir. Because FSL rack, I've been getting a lot of inquiries on that. So maybe we have to make something happen, you know? Mission Fly, I guess Rory must have been asking, what did I study? Yes, I just studied chemical engineering indeed, you know? And I used to say it's a 15-year-old rotary mechanic apprentice from Sydney. Very nice. One day I'm going to build crazy cars like you guys. That's fantastic. And I'm telling you, you should. We need more creativity in the automotive scene. I was just talking to Fabian and Duran earlier on today about this exhaust manifold that's on this S2000. And I'm seeing more and more of these horrible manifolds with, that can induce boost creep, that people are just copying everyone else instead of thinking out of the box and making things out more efficient and giving the wastegate priority and all that fun stuff. So that being said, I would wish people would be more creative and build really cool stuff. So please 
Don't let go of the dream. Make it happen. You can succeed with it. And I support you 100%, you know? Um, crank one of the cars up. You know, it's so funny. The EV is on right now. It's running. You don't hear it? <laughs> Dora's laughing. <laughs> Will we see any more videos of races from the Odyssey? Yes. You know, in California, we do have social distancing, so they are limiting our travel. <laughs> so, yes, you will. And I have some very interesting plans for the Odyssey. 9972 said, just lose my shirt. Thank you so much. People are like, is that really what I think? Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, so it's good. <laughs> Burn the Midnight Oil says DJ Ramaroff. DJ, I do. I am literally here more than I see my family. I'm here all the time. I'm here. You know this DJ Ramaroff because I've seen you here. I'm here every day. And still, so much to do. So much to do. Um, yeah. Who was the, um, who's the author of the book that I borrowed from you? Carol Betts. Carol Betts. Harold. Harold Betts, yes. That was the airflow basics or dynamics or airflow secrets or something of that nature. Yeah, it's been so long, Jaron says. Well, the Harold Betts may, has this book on airflow dynamics and secrets. That is a very good read that I learned quite a bit from. Uh, Smokey Eunuch also has his uh, Horsepower Secrets as well, which is a very good read. And then David Vizard has How to Build Horsepower 1 and 2. Um, a lot of those applications may involve you know, some domestics or European vehicles, but it still is a very good set of reads for exploring internal combustion engines. Because what are these engines? They're nothing but glorified energy converters. <laughs> Rear end and EV conversion odyssey, four wheel drive with, you never know, we'll see. I'm gonna have a good talk to my friends from Honda because I really would like to build the newer odyssey, but on the same token, that new Sienna looks pretty freaking good. It may be pretty good, you know? Um, do you know what's causing the Honda Dream 1.5 turbos to be unreliable? Has someone figured out what's causing them to fail? So are you talking about the 1.5 liter New L15B turbos from the, I would say, Honda has this new concept um, with these, it's like, they call it the, the kind of, like you said, dream engines where they want to make the power of a V8 with the weight of a V6, hence the Earth Dream setup and that. And then they want to make the power of a V6 with the efficiency of an inline four, and weight of an inline four, with the Earth Dream Engines 1.5, but we've seen great reliability with 1.5s. We haven't seen challenges really here, unless someone does something very strange, like not maintaining it properly, putting rubbish oil in there, doing a flash tune that is just absolutely ridiculous, um, and they're playing with things they shouldn't be. But they've been quite reliable from what we've seen. We had access to the L15B a year before it was launched to the public, and I was very impressed with the engineering technology there and the efficiency in that engine, you know? What about an Odyssey SH all-wheel drive conversion from the TLX? If I do something, that's kind of my own, like a little going backwards in terms of technology. I like to really think forward tech-wise. So if I did do an all-wheel drive, it would be something that was really forward-thinking and shocking. Like when we did this Odyssey, people were shocked, and it was pretty good technology for back then um, in 2013, um, incorporating a very high advanced engine management solution and doing great things with aerodynamics and building the engine and being the first one to do stuff like that. It's pretty good, you know? Um, Thoughts on compound supercharger and turbochargers in inline four engines, Guerrero? That seems to be the same question I get every week, which is pretty cool. I think it's magnificent. It gives you the best of both worlds. It gives you the capability of having the immediate 
off-the-line horsepower and torque with no lag of a supercharger, and the top-end flexibility of a turbocharging system, which is amazing. Those cars make for amazing drives. The only slight caveat or caveats are cost and complexity, those two things. So that's it. Ever built a 3000 GTI? I assume you mean a Diamond Star Mark V. Andrew, no, I have not. We don't have a relationship with Mitsubishi either, but we'll be more than happy to, you know? So the pace is interesting. Your mechanics say the opposite. I tend to uh, hear that a lot. <laughs> I don't know, I was just talking about that. She do share what your mechanic says about what we just discussed. Hello, CB Ferrari, Chris Bohr. We need to see you very soon. We need to see you very soon indeed, you know? Um, your mechanic, um, by all means, he sh I don't know what his relationship is with American Honda, but we've had access to those engines for years, and we keep interacting with them. We've seen great reliability. When something goes wrong, something is going on. So I'm curious to your mechanic if he's had access to the white papers from Honda, if he's had the opportunity to work with the engineers there, and if, if he has some insight to why he keeps saying that, because I'm very curious. But I haven't seen that here, and I haven't seen much. All engines may have some challenges with you know, a batch or two or something with the individual driving capability or something the consumer did. But by far, I've not seen any anomalies with the Earth Dreams 1.5 that is sets it apart as an unreliable engine. I just haven't seen that at all, you know? Mitsubishi and Subaru is under Toyota. So, oh, no, they're not. <laughs> My own, oh, no. <laughs> um, trust me, Toyota is, and Lexus are their own entity compared to and then, um, you know, product planning and marketing, they, they're separate silos. Oh, no. That, that, that won't happen. <laughs> Any plans on being an EV Subaru? You know what? Yes. Mr. STI 28 runs? Yes. I am highly interested in doing that. So if you want to do one, send me a DM. Let's talk. Um, I really, really want to do an all-wheel drive EV STI. I really, really do. That would be so ridiculously amazing. XL XS. S2, oh, cool. I don't know what that means, Korea, but uh, appreciate the kind of words nonetheless. Do you have any plans for doing a hybrid power through a transmission? Yes, but do yourself or maybe challenging. Um, you know, what's interesting is that high voltage systems require a significant amount of safety and also a lot of attention to detail. So if I were to do a hybrid setup, which we're talking to a very good company up north, it'll most likely incorporate either training a certain facility in doing it or having them bring it here for us to explore that for them. But having a do-it-yourselfer at this time and date with how dangerous those systems can be if done improperly, I would say no, you know? Hey, BC, would a classic mini swap with a natural aspirated B-series engine make for a good track weapon? Absolutely, the combination of the power of B-series and the lightweight of the mini, it would be a blast and something that you should do if you have the capability. But look at this. I have a red marking. So guys, I do have to depart. Thank you so much for being part of this show today. We had some great questions and great opportunities. It'll go up on your podcasting now. I'm going to put it up here on Instagram for you to see what's going on. And next week, I'll be here with even some more exciting information. I really appreciate your interaction, guys, and how much you guys love interacting with me. So stay safe. Stay tuned. See you next week. Take care, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.